Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss stuff and things and also guff and lings and gufflings um, and other words I'm struggling to make up is my dear friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm alright. When you say with you as always... Well, I mean, I've said it for five years and six seasons. It's like, it's learned behavior at this stage. Yeah, we are podcasting. It's our last regular podcast, dear listener. Which um, I can understand is possibly a bit of a shock announcement to just blurt out at the start, but we couldn't work out a better way to tell you. So (laughs) there it is. (laughs) Yeah, we're stopping the podcast. Um, Dear listener, we love you. And we've been doing this for five and a half years. Um, Mm. Started in 2012. And... It's, yeah, we are doing this last podcast to talk about how we're going to be stopping doing the podcast and also how I am going to be sort of retiring from cycling. So we understand that that's some pretty big sounding stuff and it is big sounding <laughs> stuff and and it is big stuff. It's life changing stuff, literally. Um, but it's also stuff that Sarah and I have been talking about in the background for quite a while now. Um, and... So we wanted to take a, a bit of time and, and hope that you would indulge us a little bit if you're curious to hear more about why and what's changed and what we've seen over the five and a half years that we've been doing the podcast as it is and and what's going on for us. Yeah, so when we first started podcasting, it was a completely different world. And we started podcasting specifically. Well, Dan asked me to podcast. Dan, why did you ask me to podcast? Yeah, so, I mean, it was back in early 2012. And look, uh, you know, there's a there's a complete backstory there. But the, the short version is that I wanted to learn more about women's cycling. And Sarah had already been... Um, you know, establishing her presence on Twitter and on um, the um, Podium Cafe uh, cycling forums as an uh, uh, avid fan and and growing expert in women's cycling. And I was looking around at, you know, and, and the problem, as we all know back then, was that it was really hard to get any information at all on what was going on in women's cycling. And... Mm-hmm. I was looking around and going, well, Sarah does so much work. You know, she's translating articles from Italian races and French races and Polish races. and uh, Well, putting them through Google Translate. <laughs> well, sure. But, translate them. but even so, and I'm just like, it's so much work to, you know, do these things and whatever. And, and like, I really respect that. And I read her recaps and, and info there, but I don't have time to try and track all of this stuff down myself as well. And And if I'm having that problem, maybe other people are having that problem. And I was like... You know, it'd be easy or hopefully easy would be, you know, a podcast. People might listen to that. They might find it a, a quick and easy way to catch up on what's happening in racing. And so I shot Sarah a message and said, hey, I've got a crazy idea. If you're interested, let me know. And I didn't really know Sarah at that point, but it turns out she loves crazy ideas. And she was like, yes, tell me now. Tell me what it is. <laughs> yeah, Dan slid into my DMs with a, uh, hey, can I ask you something? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and it wasn't to show her a picture an unsolicited picture so yeah. that was a, a no, happy instance for everyone um yeah. and yeah so sarah you know wrote back and was like yeah yeah well tell me what you're thinking and i was like look i know this is going to sound kind of weird but you know how would you feel about maybe doing a, a podcast about women's cycling with me and you know i'll i'll look after the recording and stuff and make that you know, something that you don't have to worry about and you can be the the expert on women's cycling because you are and I'll be the person who's trying to learn more because I am and we can go from there. And so we did go from there. I pretty much replied with, as long as you do everything to do with the tech. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not even pretty much. That's actually, that was the reply. And I was like, it's fine, I will. <laughs> and, and five and a half years and... More than one morning of waking up to a barrage of tweets of Sarah going, I don't know about that. Dan looks after all the tech. Dan, when you wake up, can you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all good. Um, yeah, so we're giving up. We're, I mean, 
so it has been a long it's been a really lovely 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 road i mean i've been writing about women's cycling probably since 2009 mm. and i love it i love the sport i have made so many friends i absolutely want to thank my patreon supporters who funded me to do stuff like you know for me i've done I've written for various places, I've worked on races, I've done some TV commentary, and I love that. And, and to be honest, if I still got jobs doing that, I'd, still, I'd do it. You know, like if I, mm. you know, I'm not saying I'm retiring and slamming the door behind me, but what I'm going to stop doing is I'm going to stop doing the how to follow races and the collecting stuff and finding out about races and live tweeting them i think i'm still gonna i'm still gonna watch of course i'm still gonna watch races and you know i might talk about yeah. them when i do but i'm not gonna be like following the giro rosa which i think to be honest the giro rosa is one of the things that broke me this year like like i wasn't i wasn't like normally the, i it is hard when the premier stage race of the season is that inaccessible in this day and age it's it is hard um, i had a dm conversation with a journalist about what what did you think just happened there? Because the, the time the stamps were cut out, it was just, there was mm. like the UCI tweeting, which wasn't the best tweeting, the, the, the live tweeting they've done. I think they had a problem with having someone in the car who didn't speak Italian. Right. And the radio updates were only in Italian. Yeah. But I don't think that was a new thing. Um, but yeah, the, the, and then, so the start, the information you got from the, the, oh god it was awful everything about it was really hard to follow and it's like pulling teeth and when you're sitting there going i've got no idea man mm. and i've followed it like like religiously and obsessively so it wasn't it's like it's not it's not like the over energy women's tour where you can rock into their twitter feed uh casually in the middle of in you know between meetings and find out what's going on you know? yeah it's yeah like, exactly where just checking your feed and and for two minutes and you've got like four tweets that explain the exact race summary thus far really yeah, yeah, well yeah. you know like and that's i mean that is something else i want to talk about you know that that's the kind of really annoying stuff but mm. the good stuff is that i don't think that the stuff that we do is necessary anymore you know? Yeah, and like, I, I do. I genuinely think that's a really big part of it. And it's it's one of those things that I guess, you know, like we don't want to bang the same drum and beat, you know, repeat the same phrase too much. But I think that's a big part of what I mean, particularly when I say, you know, it's the landscape's changed so much in the last five and a half years. Like when we started in 2012, like I said, like I wasn't, that's not jokes, that's not hyperbole. You're literally, you know, taking articles from four, five, six different foreign languages, running them through Google Translate to try and piece together what happened in a race. You know, fast forward to this year, and we've got more live and nearly live video than ever before. Races are more accessible than they've ever been before. You know, there are varying degrees, and there are there are races still like the Giro Rosa that, that have a long way to go. But in terms of the core thing when we started of, well, let's provide a simple roundup that tells people what's going on. There's plenty of that now. Yeah, yeah. And actually getting to the point of listening through a podcast to get that information, you could just click on it. And, yeah. and that's I'm so excited with how much the sport has changed and how it's really good. When we started, we always said we weren't going to do this forever. And when I started yeah. writing about cycling, I was very explicitly saying that I didn't want to do this forever. What I wanted was for the mainstream media to take over and for someone like me to become unnecessary. Nice to have. I know that, you know, some of you are going, you're still necessary, Sarah, but that's not true. Like, it's nice to have, but it's and not necessary. And that, like, there were literally hardly any articles on, like, huge races. And now, well, every UCI race, you can get a video highlights of what mm. happened the next day. Yep. In five, you know, in five minutes with actual pictures. Yep. Like, there's any number of, of riders running their own video, you know, uh, you go to different race, uh, different teams, and they've all got beautiful galleries of photos with race reports up. You know, like it's very, it's rare not to have a team with a, without to have a team without a website, which you know, God knows, used to be the case, and and that's beautiful, mm, mm. and that's been, and there is, and there is a part of me that actually says, you know, a, a professional sport deserves a professional media. I mean, God, we were we, for years and years well, we and joked that we were the best women's cycling <laughs> podcast in the world because for years and years and years we were the only women's cycling yep. podcast in the world and now there's hundreds of them and yep. that's and that's a wonderful thing like that's not we're not people we've always been the type of people who thought it's great to have more media because if someone doesn't like our voice yeah 
Well, exactly. There's, there's no. Then they can find something else. Exactly. There's, there's no one size fits all approach, and so you know the multiplicity of outfits is is great. But also, exactly as you say, I think one of the other things is. Um, you know, while, like you say, you, you've had various jobs and you've had great support from, from lots of wonderful patrons through Patreon, um, it's never, it's never been, um, at the level to, to provide a, a full-time living and the huge amount of work that goes into everything that you've done from researching, you know, how to watch races to, you know, gathering up all the videos after a race or, or you know detailed and in-depth interviews and all of these sorts of things you know it, it's it's no small undertaking and in an environment where there are now people who are being paid professionally to do that sort of work you know it's it's then a question of well do i really even have the bandwidth to keep doing that work for for not full-time living money stuff yeah i mean i have been living like a student there have been a couple of contracts i'm really grateful for and i am eternally grateful to my patreon supporters who've mm. basically kept me going for the last couple of years but uh, to be honest it's also i i don't mind living like a student if i'm love if you have the you have the scales where you've got the stuff that you love and the stuff that frustrates you yeah and makes you angry and i think i came to the conclusion that I was getting more angry about things. I mean, so, but I've gone through anger with some things. Like, there are so many issues where I just do not, I can't even muster up the energy to be angry about it again. Like, oh, the, um, yeah, it's the like Tour de France. The, yeah, the, There's no women's race at the Tour de France. Yeah. Um, or okay. the minimum oh, wage the, thing came up again the other week, and it's just like, we've had this argument so many times. Like, it's, it's just done. Like, the answer is canon now. It's just nobody's actually lived out the canon. Can we just you know yeah i mean it's exhausting to have the same things over and over again and you're like oh okay uh the pinarello the pinarello stupid advert like it's just like oh well you know i mean i've seen worse there was that mountain bike one where it was a naked where they were selling knee pads by having a woman naked on knee pads in front of a guy with his mountain bike gloved hands around her head yeah (sighs) you know like uh, (sighs) it's shit but you know ultimately they're just gonna fuck their own market because that that's what will happen it'll just fuck their market you know done next and and i shouldn't be like that i don't think that you can be i think to do this kind of thing you have to be passionate about it and i can't keep being passionate about the the minimum wage thing the lack of more than one level of teams and actually i feel like i've tried every you know i think i've come to the limit of what i sarah can influence I mean, I don't think that I have a lot of influence, but, you know, no amount of us talking about this is going to change things. You know, it's down to the UCI. Everyone knows this. I am so bored of having conversations with people who who will have the, oh, but minimum wage and they'll pull out some small shit team as if you couldn't have multiple tiers, you know, like as if the men's cycling isn't in multiple tiers. I just I just can't be arsed anymore with that. And that's that's a bad stage to try and do a passion project. You know, when you're just like, uh it is. It is. It's a bad stage for that, but it's also it's also to me and one of those things. Um, and forgive me if I'm I'm delving into territory that's too personal, but to me it's also one of those things that is a sign of um, at least the potential for for burnout. You know, when you when you when you feel like you're beating your head against the same brick wall over and over and over again. I mean, I, I do think that's one of the the risks involved in in pushing a passion project in particular um with stuff like that and uh, so from that point of view too i think there's there's a certain uh well like we've just got to be honest with ourselves and you know and i think this is the the key thing that you've been incredibly honest about where you're at and and what you need to do for you and you know but it's okay here's how i'm putting it i want to be i you know, like when you've got a bike rider who leaves and they can pick to leave at the top of their game when yep. they're still feeling good about it and stuff. And the alternatives are you don't want to leave because you've had a massive head injury and can't yep. ride anymore. Yep. And you don't want to leave where you're going, getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And then you just don't get a contract. Yeah. 
yeah, and so that's, we're, that's we're not... I guess that's where I want to be. That's where I want to. That's where I want to frame this in terms of we're retiring yeah. at a really good point. We have had we're a not... really good run. Yeah, we're not quite burning out. We're not quite fading away. We're somewhere, somewhere between. Yeah, us. yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I think to your point before about influencing as much as you can. I do like to think, and maybe I'm, you know, being a little hopeful, but I do like to think we've had a small part in influencing some mm-hmm. things along the way. I mean, and five and a half years, six seasons, it's no small thing. Well, I've looked back at the, like, just the sheer amount of, of content that we've produced. I mean, we've literally mm-hmm. produced, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of 250 to 300 hours of... of you know, commentary on races and, and discussion about issues and interviews with, with all sorts of people to do with the sport and, and stuff. And then all of the articles and things that have been written on top of that and and all of the histories and researches of races and teams and, you know, like, like it's a hell of a body of work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of um, bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it is. But like, I'm really proud of it, and and also, I'm really happy. Like, uh, like we've literally met people from all over the world through doing this. Yeah. You know? Um. And and like genuinely, you know, friends and 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 people that that, um, you know, I've visited with in all parts of the world. Um. As a, as a result of this, is is just an awesome, awesome thing to take away from any passion oh. project. So yeah. Yeah, I really, really love how all the places I've been because of cycling, you know, and it's like things like, okay, well, I'm passing through Brussels, so I'll have, I'll just make sure that I get to Brussels first thing in the morning, my plane's out in the evening or Amsterdam, you know, I'm passing through Amsterdam, so I'll just do a couple of hours looking around the, the little, the little, the canal, the canal districts, you know. But it's also like going to places like Groningen and I mean the Wadden Islands. I can't believe I've been to the Wadden Islands. Uh-huh. I, I I went to I went to Copenhagen to see the World Championships. And I stayed with Jens, amazing mm. Jens, who who I've met through women through cycling through Podium Cafe, and on the, and it, I had a wonderful time. He was the best one year ever. He like it was just perfect. It was a perfect perfect trip. We stayed in Sweden and commuted to yeah. Denmark every day. It was great. And on the way back, I looked out of the window and saw this little string of islands, like sandy islands off the coast of Germany and the, and Netherlands. I really want to go there, <laughs> but I don't know what they are and I don't know where I'll be. And then I went there with Energy Water, you know. Yeah, and I've yeah. I've been like, it's crazy, and it's not isn't the, it? It's, you know, it, it's those weird, weird things. Yeah, and it's not like the places that are amazing mountains, so you're in a Pyrenees or something. It's like the places that are, you know, little small towns in Groningen province, or yeah, yeah. I'm just walking up the murder Hui and feeling how weird it is that every day of the week this is an ordinary street, yeah, and and suddenly it's not. Yeah, yeah. Or staying with a podium cafe in podium cafe house after Flanders <laughs> and driving down streets that the day before had been in this most incredible iconic bike race. Oh, and wow. there's still signs on the lamppost. Yeah, yeah. It's just like an ordinary neighbourhood. Like, yeah. how amazing is that? It's all so weird. And then, you know, like like you say, all the, all the people that you you bump into and, and, and get to meet and, and, you know, like, um, you know, Caroline Swordpanda or Nikki and Gethin or, um, Kareen Matsuki or, you know, like, like there's just so many friends that, that I've made and, and got to know in addition to, you know, our love of cycling that have, have wound up in weird adventures. You know, that's literally how I wound up in a Welsh distillery one day. And it was a good day. It was a bloody good whiskey, which certainly helped. Um, you know, and, and so it is, it's exactly those things though, that you say, like, cause they're, they're slightly unexpected and they're, they're out of the way. They're things that literally would not have crossed my radar or path or whatever, if it hadn't been for the connection of, of the sport of women's cycling. Um, and those are things that, that I'll absolutely love and, and treasure for many years to come. Yeah. And I mean, God, oh, so many moments, like getting to commentate Flanders oh my was God. just 
I mean, even the fact that, like, I just remember having arguments with people earlier on in the year who were like, oh, there's, there's nothing, there's not, uh, oh, TV companies don't only make decisions like this based on based on uh, on money, you're wrong, there's not a demand for it, and then for it to be shown and streamed and for me to commentating it, just, yeah. I can't believe how lucky I was. Mm, and mm. all the commentating jobs I've done have been amazing and fun, but, like, getting to actually commentate on the finish line of Flanders was just... Oh wow! Yeah, Amazing. I mean that's that's a life Unforgettable. memory, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and being being in the car, being in the in, in the in the commissaire's car, in the first ever, um, well, the Friends Life Women's Tour, which is now the Ovo yep. Energy Women's Tour, and seeing these amazing crowds, like like crowds everywhere, continually passing through crowds of people cheering and loving the bike race and go oh my god this is a game changer this is like getting to experience that was wonderful you know? yeah, yeah all the conversations we've had on twitter i mean what what have been your let's let's talk more 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 broadly what have been your amazing women's cycling memories that you're going to oh. remember Look, uh, I mean, there's this. Uh, this is one of the great things too. Over the course of the last, you know, number of years, there's been so many of them. But there's there's a whole bunch of things that are are really special to me for for various reasons. I mean, going all the way back to 2012 for me was a, a year and a season of so many firsts and so mm. many things. I mean, like like I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But like one of the things I distinctly remember about 2012 is there were literally only two races that year that were shown live: the Olympic Road Race and the World's Race. No, no, there was also Delenta. There's Delenta oh, as well. But well, yeah. you had to know how to do it yeah. with you know dodgy streams and you know yeah. understanding yeah. Dutch. And that was also Delenta at that time had the problem with the stream that if you didn't book your place early enough on the stream. It would throw out the whole of that. They'd, they'd run out of bandwidth yeah, super early on. Recycle their connections to the server, which you know. So yeah. So they basically, basically, it would just blow out the Arte de yeah. um Yeah. Uh, capacity. Absolutely. And super frustrating, or you know, yeah. dodgy, dodgy streams trying to find the you know the plue but and, yeah. and drenta and plue will always be my favorite. You know, two of my favorite races because of that because sure. they've always been but right I will, from the start but i will yeah. always 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 remember the 2012 olympic road race just for the sheer spectacle of seeing it live on tv which you know was just so like it was it was spinal shiver inducing rare at that time and it was you know streets of london in the pissing rain and it was you know lizzie going hard on the attack and Emma Pooley in there and and just all sorts of like awesomeness and mayhem happening and the crowds roadside were just insane and it was it was just well you know we we called our episode of the podcast then the epic olympic spectacular and i think that holds up it was an amazing race that it was from the moment where they hit where they got out of, I mean, the Olympics is always hard because you know it's maximum four riders, okay, mm. for women. So that's that's it's a different sport to to most yeah. recycling. But when they were leaving London and they hadn't even got Richmond Park and they're on London streets and Luce Holloway and Ellen Van Dyke trading attacks, just this showcase of what Dutch style racing was like. Just that it was like Holloway. She's caught Van Dyke. She's caught Van Dyke's gone again. She's going and going and going. And their joy of it. And yep. then when they hit the when they hit the Box Hill, it was Emma Pooley trading goes with Mariana Voss. Yeah. And then that final break of Voss, uh, Lizzie Dane and now then Lizzie Armitstead, uh Ogla Skyer and Shelley Olds. Yeah. Um yeah. before Shelley Olds is, but that oh, it was just I was so happy for Voss to win it as well. I mean, just just Voss deserved to win. The Dutch deserved to win. And I say yeah. that as a Brit who I love. I love Emma Pooley. You know, um, yeah. yeah. I thought Lizzie Danen rode amazingly, and it was you know. But I, it was the right. It was the right win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it like, was the right been, win. You've and... been over the moon with a British win, but you, you know, you can't fault the win that we got. You know, no, and it, it was, just I was such I, a great race. It was so. Oh God, it was amazing. And I still, every now and again, for years, I was showing it to people. Here's one of the things that doesn't happen anymore. I use this anecdote a lot, but for a long time, people would 
get in touch with me on Twitter or on the website saying, hey, and these are the three stories, the two ways. Um, I was watching Tour de France with my kids and my oldest son wants to be Cav and my youngest son wants to be Wiggins. And my daughter says she wants to be Cav and the boys say she can't because she's a girl and girls don't race bikes. Can you show me? And I realised that I didn't know anything about women's cycling. And I feel really shitty about this because I want all my kids to love cycling. Can you show me some women who race bikes? Yeah. Who are badasses. Yeah. And the other side, the other, or the alternative was I was watching the Tour de France with my daughter and I was saying, oh, would you like to start racing? And she says, don't silly daddy. Girls don't race bikes. Can you show me some videos mm. of bike races? Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't happen anymore. Because in Britain, Lizzie Dane and Laura Kenny, Laura Trotters was, uh, Jana Rouse Shand, you know, yeah. uh, there's there's any number of, but there's also races live on TV, on, on mainstream BBC yeah. channels, you know. People don't have to look very hard. It's in, you'll get cyclists covered in all the major newspapers and not just when it's a doping story, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 we can watch the track stars there's there's so many different british riders that an average you know a, a little girl yeah that little girl wants to be laura kenny that little girl wants to be lizzie danen well that little girl wants to be danny king you know yeah. we've got that possibility now that that just didn't exist and exactly and that part of my job job that part of what i did mm. how amazing to lose that you know, yeah. <laughs> <Just>, uh, <laughs> I mean, and, and I think that's a really important part of it is that, you know, like a, a lot of the motivating influences that we're talking about are really healthy and positive, you know, across the board. Like, like I really do want people to take away, like, like we're not fishing for compliments here. We're not, you know, yeah. wanting people to, to flood us with, oh, no, please don't, you know, or whatever. Like, A, it's a decision that we've taken together after very, very thoughtful and, and lengthy consideration. But also, B, like, like mostly this is this is healthy, positive, good stuff and good yeah. reasons for why we're doing it. And, yeah, I'm, I, I share your sentiment. Like there's, there's some great progress that we've seen over, over the years. But there's also, you know, still on that first season, some, some things that I really like. I mean, remember how much fun we had with the, the social media jersey that, that time? Oh God, I, I actually forgot we did the social media. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really, we forgot. We did, as our first crowdfunding effort was crowdfunding to raise a prize for the rider who did the best social media. Yeah, and uh, we raised and a stupid amount of money. We raised an awesome amount of money thanks to the generosity of our beloved listeners, and and that was great. But we had heaps of fun with riders too, because what we did was the more we raised, the more prizes we gave. You know, so yeah, it wasn't huge money. Like no one, no one got rich from it, and you know, and definitely not us, because literally every cent we got, we gave. Yeah. But um, the the thing is, and, and again, talking about how much things have changed from 2012 to now. In 2012, there were a lot of pro riders who weren't getting paid enough to, to you know, call it a living wage. What was and our top prize? Can you remember? Our top prize, I think, was like 250 quid, but I, I could be wrong about that. It is memory. I thought so. it was a thousand. I thought it was a thousand, but that's oh, no, I, th- I thought, ride- no, no, I thought we raised a thousand overall, but. I think our top no, we raised was... more than a thousand. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we raised over, th- but that's what I'm saying. Like we raised like fifteen hundred or something, but I think our top prize was like two hundred and fifty. But I could could be wrong. Yeah, but but at that, this is the thing: is at that time, giving yeah. a rider two hundred fifty quid actually felt like it was meaningful. And well, I, one I of the things that's changed, one of for a lot of riders. Yeah, one of the things that's changed astronomically is how rider salaries have changed. And mm. we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but basically. A rider who is a domestique these days is going to be on in a in a top team. They're going to be on over fifty grand in euros, you know. And that's that's okay. That's not as big. That's nothing compared to the men. But like they used to be. I mean, literally. And that's just as a kind of conservative wage. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon. That, I, I mean, I reckon those super domestiques are on. Or the ultra domestiques are on six figures. I'd say. And riders are getting two-year contracts. And it's not to say that it's perfect and there's still a lot of shit out there. Mm. But compared to where we were, where... And this is why I will never accept riders riding for free. Like, never, 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 never. Because I know 
from that that lots of that you know there's there's bidding wars over writers yeah and it's yeah. not just over it's not just a bidding war over lizzie danen or a bidding war no. over i don't know Ellen van dyke or something like that but writers are in a much better position you know than yeah. than, than, than than they were by, by far like they're we used to say that a lot of the writers were working would be making a better better amount of money just doing a standard office job yeah yeah and that's not the case anymore. Which is a, like, an incredibly writers, healthy step forward, you know. Yeah, writers can writers can make a living out of this. And mm. okay, it's still got a lot of ways to go. And okay, I absolutely want a minimum wage. And okay, there are some teams that have some really fucking bullshit excuses for not paying. I mean, I've heard teams say, "Oh, I don't pay them because they're a student." Oh God. And that's like, well, unless you know, and. God knows, like, if you're talking, like, if you have that excuse in America or Britain or any other country or Australia where you have to pay your own u- university fees, that's mm. just adding insult to in- injury, right? Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. We're not, we're, not, you, we're not paying you because, you're, you because you study and you're having to pay a, a ton of money to do that. That's just not on. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, a particularly evil kind of bullshit, that is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, we, we're it's so. It's, so I mean, yeah, that the, is... the social media jersey was just heaps of fun, and what I loved about it was that we had not just the generosity of of our listeners, but so many of our listeners pointing writers and 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 um, people that they knew from their social media to us. You know, so yeah. so collectively for all of us, our our world of of women's cycling social media in 2012 expanded through that, which was one of the best you know effects of the whole thing too. Yeah. Oh, so what else? What else did you have that was fun? Oh, so many things. I mean, I loved, and I know you really took it over and ran with the the interview series over the years, and and really got deep in that. But I loved so many of the people that we met through doing interviews. You know, one of my favorites, and you know, big favorite, uh, and and good friend is Monique Hanley, who when we first talked to her. Um, was involved closely with Victoria Cycling and, Mm. you know, gave us such great insights into the administration side of the sport and the behind the scenes parts of of things that go on there. And Monique is just such a smart and insightful um, and and so strong advocate for... for women and women's cycling and, and just can't speak highly enough of Monique and everything that she does and, yeah... Absolutely. And also on that topic, um, I really enjoyed meeting, um, well, talking to Amber Pierce, um, you know, and when she launched the whole Click Through Thursday initiative, which is another thing from a few years back that um, is still around, you know, and, and was mm-hmm. a thing that was just a, hey, you know, let's collectively focus on a simple practical thing that we as fans and followers of the sport can do that helps demonstrate value to sponsors. You know, yeah. one of the best simple direct action things that you could ask for. Love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And and still really important. I mean, if you ever want to help women cycling, the thing to do is to just just click, just click, yeah. click, click, click. Go onto your favorite media site and just click everything. Um, click out of there onto the sponsor links. You know, onto the onto the ad onto the advertisers. Go onto a rider website. Click onto their advertisers from their sponsor page if they have one. Um, mm. If you go to a race, click click yep. click click and click out of there onto the and onto their sponsors. Exactly. And if that feels like too much work, then engage with them on social media. Give them a tweet. Give them a, a, an acknowledgement yeah. on a Facebook post or something. You know, like like these are simple things that you can do, but the the value. Literally every click is counted, you know, every, yeah. every tweet is counted, you know, it, it's all assigned a value and it shows to um, teams and sponsors and, and financial decision makers the value of what they're getting into. So, yeah. Oh, you know what I really loved? I, this year, so this year I had, a, I put up an article about a series of things that we fans can do to help yep. support professional women's cycling. And I was saying, you know, if, share so can people share what they've bought because of women's cycling like not just uh, and there's all sorts of people saying well i bought my i bought i I got my pension policy with friends life because they Mm. sponsored the friends life women's tour and i was like oh ha 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 no one's ever going to be able to buy things from bowl balls whose um day job is to uh sell They, they they hire uh, massive amounts of building equipment and stage yeah. equipment and portaloos and things like that and infrastructure ha 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 no one's able to do that 
and my friend Nicola said actually I she 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 runs she set she she does these amazing things with events and uh, exhibitions and stuff in uh, all over Europe and she's saying actually I've chosen balls because of the balls of, of, of the way that <laughs> women cycling like oh my god victory like and what is that like this is the amazing thing and this is genuinely the power of things like sponsorship is that you never know who the decision maker will be on either side they can be a fan of the sport um you know they can just respect the initiative for other reasons or whatever but yeah you you know and it's great to share those stories and those things how cool is it that uh uh you know someone's actually engaging for large-scale hiring of facilities and services through their sponsorship of women's cycling that's awesome yeah that's so cool i've got all those things there's so many ways that we can make a difference and that's that is the other positivity is I think one of the things that this project has been meant for me personally is the idea that we can make our own media about things we love. Mm. And there are tons of people, if you're thinking, oh, my God, but Sarah, I use your Twitter to get your stuff. Um, follow um, Peter van der Veen and Babalia, Yolanda yeah. Alvarez and um, and Marcos Marin and Saul, who's Kappelmer on Twitter. I'll put a list on our site, ProWomenCycling.com, at some stage this week with all the people, the accounts that I would follow yeah. who do amazing work. And so many more people than that. So sorry if I've not mentioned you. Um, but yeah, there's so many yeah. people to follow and so much stuff to do. Oh, exactly. And, yeah, and, and people like, you know, Felix Mattis doing videos and, and stuff and um, Corinne Mitsoki as well, um, providing photos and videos from races and, and things like that. Like, you're right. There's so many There's so many people. Like, this is one of my favorite things, I think, is that even even with all the growth and changes we've seen over the last nearly six years is – that women's cycling is still very much a community and there's still like all these great people that you can connect with and, and keep across Mm. things with. It's very, yeah, I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, it is lovely. Um, so other racing moments, I was super flattered when I was allowed, when I could do the Emma Pooley retirement statements where she retired in Mm. 2014, 14. Yeah. 13, 14, 14 and uh, 14. Ferula, Ferula. And that was just so amazing. But I was especially excited because that Giro, where she won all three of the mountain stages mm. in mm. three completely different ways, that made me very, very happy. That was one of yeah. my cycling, that's one of my cycling moments. And oh my God, every time there's a break up the road and Ellen Van Dyke gets on the front and just <laughs> monsters to get it. Yeah, and yeah. all those times Valentina Scandalada attacks, you know. And... <laughs> the the crazy. We had a whole season of crazy valet attacks, um, which oh, was awesome. God, I yeah. also I will fondly remember the two years that um, that I swore black and blue and still do to this day that Emma Johansson's actually Australian now. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but that's definitive and unequivocal. She speaks English with a distinct Australian accent. She's as Aussie as fuck, and that's as Aussie as she can be. So, <laughs> oh god, my my rugby fan dad is just like shouting things in my ear right now to say back to you about Aussies and sports. But you know, I'm not going to say anything because I'm a good person, and we're positive. Oh I, right, yeah, I'm... and and because. Because <laughs> a Brit's going to lecture me on colonialism. <laughs> 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 Fucking good luck there, mate. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. Anyway, let's let's not let's not. Oh God, we don't bicker like we don't bicker like siblings anymore, do we? No, we don't bicker as much as we used to. But on that subject, I do still enjoy the occasional person who writes to us and tells us that we have a really good podcast. If only we didn't swear so much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we only get a couple of those a year, but they do always make me laugh. I'm like, it's oh, in the maybe... fucking description. Like, <laughs> a sweary oh. podcast about, like, it's the second word in the description. Like, it's literally before podcast. Like, before you even know what it is, you know we're swearing. So, I, I, I mean, there's always something about a man who lectures a woman about how she should have less of a, less of a potty mouth. That's, that's <laughs> kind of a little bit, it's got a charm of its own, hasn't it? It um, really does. Can I tell you my can I tell you my biggest so one of my the other moment I will always remember and I talk about this all the time but I was at the Stefan Wyman I want a massive massive thank you to Stefan and Helen Wyman Helen mm. was the first writer who ever spoke to me on Twitter I think she was the first writer I ever interviewed and as a result of Helen okaying me I think that opened doors that would have taken more time to open 
and they took me to two they took me to Tulling Good Run Thought with their with Steph Wyman's then road team and they took me to my first ever race the GPLC Jacobs which mm. at the time was three races and I was standing around at the start and Mariana Voss rode up to me and went oh hi you're Sarah you're pigeons I follow you on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> and when you when you stopped being a puddle on the ground, what did you say? I went And there are still some nights you wake up thinking of things that you wish you'd said instead of whatever you did say. No, I'm 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 cool with the fact that I'm just a Mariana Voss fangirl, like it's okay. it's just who I am. Like and all the writers who did amazing things, like all the all the amazing moments, like just riders are so generous, so generous, so generous with their time, with their yeah, what they yeah. give, and that's and then what and that's wonderful. And, oh, I mean, I was so the first right. person. I was the first person to interview Annemiek van Vleuten in English. This is the other thing. It's like when I first started interviewing riders, I was interviewing riders because. I no wanted to know was. about yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I was asking them questions that I wanted to know the answers to. Oh God, I loved my run of complete. My, my one of my favourite things <laughs> was the um, was the we used to call it the podium cafe bump, where yeah. we'd mention a rider and then she'd go on to win. Yeah, and then the Sarah interview bump kind of went there. And then it became the Sarah interview bump. And there was literally one time where I did it for six interviews in a row. I interviewed the rider who the rider won her next race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a great run. And it was just because I mean it was it was it's not because I think it's because I was it was just like that was hilarious. And and it was only because I'd like okay, who well, okay, the so the two races that are coming up, Trofeo Binder and Ronda van Vlaanderen well Emma Johansson is really good at both of them and she's Belgian I'll, I'll interview her about those and then she won Binder and then I interviewed Ellen van Dyke. I think Ellen van Dyke is a, a consummate Flanders rider and she won Flanders and it's like huh <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was just the most perfect of coincidences and you know yeah, like all great runs of luck it had to come on. to an end but it carried on for for quite a while and was a hell of a lot of fun to talk about at the time absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. I do and also it's... just want to touch on oh sorry sorry carry on i was just gonna say i do also want to touch on what you said about riders and and just echo and that and and say yeah like they have been incredibly generous with their time but it's also that thing when when we talk about women's cycling as a community i think it's impossible to to overstate how much the riders themselves are part of that community you know yeah that that you know that mariana voss rides up to you at a race and says i follow you on twitter it's not an accident it's not you know just just um you know through any any particular special magic either it's it's the fact that she really cares about the sport that she's involved in and as part of that she she sees these connections and a lot of writers almost all writers to some degree uh and to probably for many of us maybe a surprising degree are deeply involved in the community they may not be as outspoken on some things because you know they're they're representatives for their teams and their sponsors and and not necessarily free to to speak in the same way but they are a big part of the community and they're very passionate about the sport and they do so much off the bike as well as on the bike to to really make it accessible for all of us and i think we see that too reflected in things like riders like lauren rowney you know now working in in women's cycling media and stuff like that like it's it's... oh so many writers so many writers that's one of my favorite loose hunnawike was the um ds the team did the team coach for the Mm. for the dutch team at the at the um at the world championships this year ina yoko you know you know like these off the bike success stories more and more women cyclists finding cycling related careers after they they retire from riding and that's one of the things the UCI has done really, really well in giving the scholarships to riders to take the DS course, the the, mm. the, the mandatory the mandatory DS course. That's really fantastic. They are actively going out of their way to find it. But like with the rise of TV, the number of former riders who are contating at the same time, like you can yeah. have Rochelle Gilmore and Lisa Lotte Croix and and uh and and uh Iris Slappendale or yeah. you know uh, there's 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 hundreds of riders who do t- who do a bit of tv commentary mm-hmm. you know Marine mm-hmm. de Vries. and it's yep. and that's amazing that's that's really outstanding that's that's fantastic and and that's love and that's something that when we started when riders left spike cycling 
it was a very rare rider who could stay on working in the sport because there yeah. just wasn't space for her. And that's well, exactly so that's many of them really... went to Yeah, so many of them went to completely different careers. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, yeah. it was a it was just a, a an indicator of the level of the professionalism and growth of the sport itself, you know. Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, you talked about Emma Johansson earlier, and she's mm. uh, she's announced that she's pregnant with her first child, and she was saying yeah. that she, you know, that she she'd, she'd made no secret to the fact that she wanted to try to get pregnant this year, and Wiggle High Five gave her a contract where she was a where she was like she was a, a team mentor, yeah, and working with the working with the riders, but if she got pregnant that's fine that's great that's that's great she can carry on you know it was just yeah. that's such an amazing thing like i mean i i'm always uh, i mean, I always admire rochelle gilmore's absolute 100 percent commitment to uh not just to the sport but to helping other women within the sport you know with uh, helping other yeah. women within the sport like all over throughout the whole throughout everything she does i just i yeah. really admire that but oh, that look- kind of that kind of role Exactly. Where there's money, where there's money to pay a former rider to yeah. be around the team and to be coming to races and to be providing support, that kind of role just wasn't feasible in 2012. Like that, we would be talking fantasy land, wouldn't we? We'd be talking utopian, yeah. yeah. Oh, it, and it's look, and it, it's, it, no, it, it's normal. In one of our podcasts in 2012, it's entirely likely that we did talk about that as like some un- unbelievable utopian fantasy for the far distant future, you know. And and yeah, you again exactly right, you know. And and there are so many people who have contributed in in really amazing ways, you know. And and you've mentioned um, Helen Wyman, Rochelle Gilmore, um, you know, Mariana Voss, um, Christy Scrimger, Christy Scrimger, you know, and, and a lot of these, uh, people who've also then gone on to contribute directly to like the women's commission at the UCI or to help organize other, um, you know, elements, um, related to the sport, like Velocio apparel and, and that sort of thing as well. There's, there's, been just such an amazing revelation of of all of these people that that work in um i guess less obvious parts of the sport but no less important for it and um yeah yeah, i just really appreciated learning more about that and and just yeah increasing um you know my understanding of all of those things and just being in awe there's so many people to look up to and be excited to to know and and admire such good mentors and and stuff yeah Mm. (sighs) so So that's it so so what's happening next um we'll we'll do our traditional christmas eve podcast yes yes we'll do that we'll um we'll get drunk on christmas eve and swear a little bit and talk about stuff um sightseeing Mostly cycling, um, probably a little bit about how Santa's a bastard or something like that. You know, can't yeah. can't rule it out. I've got I've got like two or three articles I've been promising I'd write. I did actually yep. put up my women's cycling book list. Um, so if you're looking for a Christmas or solstice or Hanukkah present, or you want a present mm. for yourself to help you avoid the season with, um, it's got the usual amount of women's cycling books, uh, yep. memoir. Uh, photography recipes uh all kinds of things like just just all kinds of young adult fiction um so head over there because there's always there's always good things to read um Mm. to to do uh yeah and i'll put up a list of people i think you should be following and i'll and and do if you do nothing else just check out the how to you know the little things that we all can do to help increase women's sight because there's still exactly. there's still tons we can do, um, and yeah, um, people can still follow you on Twitter. Yes, they can, but they probably shouldn't. Um, but they can follow you at PW Cycling, and yes, I'm at Dan W Official. If you really feel the need, well, I think uh, be at PW Cycling. If you want oh, to okay. If you want to follow my personal life, um, I'm underscore pigeons underscore because when I rebranded, I cunningly oh. kept the old pigeons look on. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yep. So you're um, there, and and that's where you. Yeah, you... and yep. 
Yeah, and I've got an art project that you can follow. So if you think, oh, yeah. God, I actually can't live without Sarah's um, podcasting in my life. I've got an art project which has a occasional podcast, which is on avonstories.com. If you just look up Avon Stories on iTunes and stuff, you'll find that. And I've got yeah. an Avon underscore stories, Twitter and Instagram, which is basically photos of the River Avon in Bristol and stuff like that. Well, Water in Bristol. Sarah's being a little modest because she she struggles to talk about herself and her project it's a really cool project exploring the history of the river but also the relationship of the river to the city and i can tell you as someone who's lived in bristol for a few days that it's really (laughs) good um so yeah you should check it out um and of course you can still you know leave us a comment or whatever on the website for the next little while it'll be around it's not going anywhere uh for those following along at home the website is Pro women's cycling.com. Exactly. Um, with all of the exclamation marks. I'm thinking I'm not going to be saying that every week. Oh, like, well. I, I will miss you guys so, so, yeah. so, 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 so much. I will miss you and I love you and all the conversations yeah. we've had and all the arguments we've had and all the, and all the all times, the times you told us we're wrong and all of and that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's und- been a real pleasure. And, and honestly, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have done this for as long or as much without each and every one of you um absolutely true and uh, so yeah so stay in touch <laughs> absolutely but also i didn't get to tell you my number one thing that i love most about this podcast <gasps> oh, shit. sorry that's Go all on. right it's you <laughs> oh my god i know it sounds so cheesy when you say it like that dan fuck but it's the truth like seriously i it, it's one of those ones even when we tell the story i i always fear that it sounds to people like that's just the glib version of the story. But I really did literally just DM Sarah out of the blue and go, I've got this crazy idea. How do you feel about doing a podcast? And, and within like a week and a half, we were recording a podcast and neither of us really knew what the fuck we were doing. And... Yeah, I didn't even listen to the first six. Well, I still don't <laughs> listen to them because I hate the sound of my voice, but <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and we had some wild arguments and we fought like cats and dogs behind the scenes through that first year sometimes, you know, and, and stuff, but through all of it, you know, like, like we've forged this really, really great friendship and I love and appreciate you and, and you have been a big part of my life for many years and will be for many, many years to come. And, you know, as much as I love all the other things that we've talked about about the podcast, it's all worth it just for that. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, God, I'm all teary. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, dear if, if there's ever a better cue to go out on, on our possibly final regular podcast, it's leaving Sarah in tears. So... Awesome. I mean, you know, we may come back. I've said all along, I may get to like Drenta, watch Drenta yeah. and go... Oh my god! I've got to talk about this with someone. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And, oh, we'll and just, just get never go away. And, and drunk Skype each other and hit record. Who knows? But yeah, you know. and so so you might you might actually get to like spring and go. What the fuck? I thought you retired. <laughs> but you know, I'm not. So I'm it, not saying never. I'm of yeah. course going to still carry on following the racing. But it it, it could yeah. be like Georgia Bronzini retiring. But I could you know. Be... <laughs> Georgia Bronzini retire. Yeah. So if I'm back in spring, feel free to take the piss out of me forever, okay? <laughs> so um because you know that's just funny. Uh yeah. but yeah, um thank you. Thank you to all of you. You mean so much to me. <laughs>